2: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. We do this every Monday night at 6.15 p.m. and Thursday at noon central time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And if you miss it, we got you covered in podcast form the next day on Apple and Spotify. But however you listen, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and giving us a good review because we never want you to miss a new episode my name is Chris Shedd. I am a contributor at the Viking Age as well as Zone Coverage to Bring Me the News. And on your right is my co-host Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age. And we are here to talk about the Minnesota Vikings because all they do is win. They're in first place now, 5-1 and one of 24-16 to 16 victory over the Miami Dolphins. How are you feeling like the Vikings... I, I, I'm so excited. I can't even spit out words, Adam. I'm telling you right now, I am like Chase Claypool taking a dip during a post-game interview. That is like how high I am on this team right now.
3: How are you feeling? <laughs> uh, I, feel, I feel pretty good. Uh, it's, a, it's a tempered excitement, I would say, because as Vikings fans, we know that this team is, is capable of uh, ultimate destruction. So I don't want to get too excited. Even Destruction. Though off, yeah, chaos. Even though they're, yeah, they're they're off to a great start. Five and one is good. But no matter, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Five and one is a is a great start, and to have your only loss be against the, the team who's the only unbeaten team left in the NFL that's good as well. Uh, that being said, they still have plenty to fix and improve on, but so do a lot of teams in the NFC in the NFL right now. But uh, five and one, yeah, it, it feels really good it's much better than what were they one and five two years ago and like Mm -hmm. two and four or or three and three uh, a year ago so I'm not I'm not gonna miss that I I feel pretty good about this start
2: I think it's interesting to think about those years because it's just like they would lose they would get off to a slow start lose a couple of games and then be like okay get back to 500 like we were sitting here saying get back to 500 for like two straight years Mm -hmm. and then finally you know they get over hunt five hundred on the first week of the season under Kevin O'Connell. They have that hiccup in Philadelphia, and now they seem to be rolling. And uh, Vikings twenty four, Dolphins sixteen on Sunday. It was not pretty early on. Skylar Thompson was moving the ball pretty well, seven to thirteen, eighty nine yards before he injured his finger. He either broke it or cut it or something, but Nothing I'm pretty here. sure. Yeah, the Vikings were pretty glad to have him out of the game. However. Uh, The Dolphins also had five penalties on their second drive of the game, which really Mm -hmm. bailed out the defense on that. On the other Mm -hmm. side, the Vikings went three and out on their first four possessions before going seven plays, 75 yards on their fifth drive and ending it with an Irv Smith touchdown. So the Vikings went into the locker room with a 10-3 lead, but how concerned were you entering the second half?
3: Uh, I felt better uh, going into the half than I did after the first quarter because at least – in the second quarter, it seemed like they kind of made a few adjustments uh, to their game plan, and it worked out. And they scored on on two of their final, I believe, three possessions in the first half. So I wasn't as worried, but it was still it was probably uh, pretty concerned because with all those three and outs against a Dolphins defense that hasn't been playing too well this year, especially against the pass and the Vikings. I don't I don't think Kirk Cousins had uh, he didn't have over 100 yards passing in the first half. I know that. Um, so it seemed like, you know, what's, what's going on? Why, why are they not able to get people the ball, uh, through the air? But it sounded like Kevin O'Connell was saying that like guys just weren't getting open and it wasn't really a whole lot to do with, with the play call or, or Kirk. It was just on the receivers, which was interesting to hear. Cause usually it's not that way. Usually it's something else. Um, but I felt all right. Uh, when they came out in the second half, and they had some more three and outs. Then I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Uh, but then things started to break their way. And we know what happened at the end.
2: Yeah, it took them until the fourth quarter to really get going. Yep. Kirk hit that touchdown to Adam Thielen. Uh, the Vulc- the Viking, excuse me, the Vulcans. Big Star Trek guy, I guess. Uh, the Dolphins <laughs> went right down the field and answered with a Teddy Bridgewater touchdown to Mike City, And he uh, unleashed one awful gritty. Um, my, Jonathan oh, Vilma, so was, bad. <laughs> I don't know if he was entertained by it or if like, he's Disturbed. just like an overgrown toddler, like just like, Hey, look, he, he killed the gritty. Like it's over. It's done. Yay. Like, listen, all right, dude, as we, long as you don't as, need to see it anymore,
3: as long as Jonathan Vilma wasn't talking about his career, which was basically the whole game. Uh, I was fine with him, whatever he was saying. Cause <laughs> yeah, everything but... was when I was in Miami, when we, when I was on the saints and we came down here, when I was at the university of Miami, I'm like this isn't about you like (laughs) weird, weird. He didn't talk about the uh, 2009 NFC championship
2: game and uh, what he did in that game. But uh, you know, this (laughs) is kind of a selective memory. That's CTE Mm, for you, I guess
3: knows the exact
2: date of Thomas Morstead's onside kick, but uh, not when he smashed Brett Favre into the turf. Uh, So the dolphins drive down the field again. It's a one possession game and Harrison Smith causes a Jalen Waddle fumble. Yeah. A couple of plays later, Dalvin Cook, who looked absolutely awful throughout mm-hmm. this game, mm-hmm. rips off a 53-yard touchdown run. The Vikings give up another touchdown because they are physically incapable of winning a game by more than two scores. And here <laughs> we are, five and one. So I mean, let, let's let's talk about the win first. Like, is this a game the Vikings wind up losing if Mike Zimmer is still the coach? Because I don't know. There are a lot of things that went wrong and every time they went wrong and they cut to Kevin O'Connell and it's like, okay, nah, let's, I, I mean, I, I think score North put it best. Their motto right now is win no matter what, like he yeah. yeah. like said, they, they are the heel. They are pulling the foreign object out mm-hmm. of their trunks and hiding it or whatever you will.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't think they win this game with Mike Zimmer. I think uh, fingers begin to get pointed in different directions in that game, people start to get, lose their composure on the sideline. That's the thing, the main thing about this, this regime and this coaching staff is it just feels like everyone's like pretty cool and calm and collected. Like, okay, we made a mistake, but we're going to get another chance. Let's not, you know, forget about that. If they score, that's fine. Then we'll go score too. Like they keep like their focus. Like you could tell early in the game, Kirk Cousins was, he was frustrated like with, with all the three and outs. He was like, I don't, remember a time where I've seen Kirk Cousins like that visibly frustrated. Um, And he's, and you could see Kevin O'Connell being like, you know, I understand. I understand. Like we're, we'll, we'll be all right. We'll fix it. We'll look at some things and we'll, f- and we'll fix it. And I think that whole, that, that approach has been a big reason for why the Vikings have been able to be five and one, because instead of, you know, combusting from within and not, you know, giving hurting hurting their, their self without even like having these self-inflicted wounds is which is what the Dolphins did yesterday that was that would be the Vikings of, of years past but this year's Vikings they just they hang around they keep themselves in the game they don't make stupid mistakes they don't have stupid penalties they keep themselves in the game and then when they get a break it it works out in their favor and it's so far so good but I think with the previous regime they wouldn't have the confidence to to keep their focus uh, in these games and, and keep pulling them out at the end because it's just they're too scared or or worried about making mistakes where where this regime just like it's OK. Everyone makes mistakes. We still have plenty of time left and we're, we're going to win this. So don't worry about it. Like even
2: if they won the game with Zimmer as head coach, that that game that plane ride has a different vibe. He would have been it, pissed. Yeah, yeah. Kirk it, is not like, wearing the
3: chains. He's no, the, um, no.
2: They, uh, <laughs> the chains aren't aren't even let on the plane. Like it's just like, what? Why are you bringing your chain
3: here for? Yeah, what is yeah. that?
2: Can, can we talk about that? By the way, because that is the coolest. Like, I, I was gonna get to this a little bit later. This team seems like they're having fun. They like are. genuinely, I like honestly. Hell, I'll throw it out there. I don't work there anymore. Like they felt like they were walking into a quick trip cooler every morning, like (laughs) last year, like just, you know, an incompetent leader who just kind of hated his own life and was frustrated at everything around him. Not that I'm airing out some grievances right now, but (laughs) it it really, it felt like people were just showing up to work, punching in, punching out Mm -hmm. and going home. Now you have, I I mean, and as stupid as the Kirk chain thing is, I wrote this for zone coverage. This is like a Peyton Manning quality. Yeah. Like Kirk Cousins is showing. Because not only he likes he's too. a very yeah, he's a very cerebral quarterback on the field and he's very yeah. serious. Like yeah. when you saw it on that drive and Kirk came off the field because mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson ran the wrong route, he was pissed. He he was about ready to like kill Justin Jefferson and Kevin O'Connell went and calmed him down. But like, I mean, Peyton Manning, people mention this all the time. He broke Cody Lattimore because he was so mm-hmm. Like intense and just demanded perfection. I feel like Kirk is the same way. He doesn't get that all the time. But I think the other quality that the Mannings have, and kind of why they're so endearing, is that they know who they are. Mm -hmm. Like they can make fun of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like Kirk goes up to the press conference podium and he last year and he's answering questions like he's in a witness interrogation Mm -hmm. room and Mike Zimmer's on the other side of the glass, like Mm -hmm. you know, just charging out, like, What did you say about my defense? (laughs) You know, like I mean, now, like, Kirk is just, like, he goes on, pardon my take, and he says, yeah, I know I'm not cool. Like, <laughs> you know, he's like, I got a ton of money, but I'm not, I, I mean, I, I'm swimming in Cole's cash, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then he's talking about, uh, you know, he's wearing the chain, or he's talking about how the chain is empowering and, mm-hmm. like, everything else. And, like, that's how, like, Eli and Peyton got their own spinoff on Monday Night Football. You mm-hmm. know, Peyton, he loved to guzzle, like, beer, and you know, just make fun of himself. Eli, he went to a bar and played tip cup with Daniel Jones and matching polos. Like it's freaking <laughs> hilarious. And it's all endearing. Like, I, I mean, it's a lot different when you're five and one with him than like one in yeah. five, like you were a couple of years ago. But I mean, Kirk is starting to make himself likable. And I think his teammates after four years in Minnesota are finally starting to hitch their right wagons to him. And I, And I think it's huge for this team.
3: Yeah. I wrote about it too yesterday on, on the Viking age that Kirk is just, just feel like he's coming out of his shell uh, more. So the last few weeks with, you know, just putting the chains on having a little fun uh, with the younger guys. Cause he's, a, he's, he's one of the older guys in the locker room. So he's, 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 <laughs> he's not in touch with all the, the younger guys, but he's trying to have fun. He knows this is, this is a game winning does help. Let's, let's not forget about that. Winning games mm-hmm. does help. And uh, it's a lot more easy to have fun when you're, when you're winning. Uh, so that's been helpful. But yeah, that's just like I mentioned before, like this whole, you know, mentality of like, let's, you know, let's chill out. Like, we'll figure this out. If we make mistakes, so what? We'll figure it out. Um, and I think just that freeness has, has also played a part in them winning as well, because they feel like they're, you know, they can be themselves on the field. They're not restricted. They can just do a bunch of dances like the defense did after uh, the pat. Peterson uh interception yesterday when they did like seven different dances uh and I don't (laughs) think I don't think that happens under Mike Zimmer I know they did some some similar things last year but I don't they don't I don't think they're they're not having as much fun if Zimmer's the coach still and that's nothing against Zimmer it's just his style uh it's more of an in-your-face brash you know stick to the you know book like that's not you know we're not here to make friends yeah we're not here to make friends not here to laugh we're here to play football and win games you know he said in his very last press, press conference I don't care about stats I care about winning and you know I I feel like Kevin O'Connell probably he probably feels very similarly but mm-hmm. he's also you know he realizes this is a game, this is a kids game you know these guys are yeah. they're dancing after they score touchdowns you know they're doing signals after their first down signs after they get a first down you know this they're they're having fun um and I think it's shown a lot in their play and I think it'll help them later on in the season because one they've already shown they can win close games and and two that this having all this fun like builds it makes the team closer um and you're you're more you know your team is better i feel like as a whole and like the defense and the offense you you notice that like the defense and the offense are having fun together like typically in the zimmer era it's like defense over here offense over here like now now everyone's mixed up like Zadaria <laughs> Smith's hanging with cousins and stuff and like yeah they're they're all over the place so I think it's just it's it's a good time to be on the Vikings and the the first year of the Kevin O'Connell era is going uh, uh very well I would say
2: Oh, <laughs> well, that was weird um
3: <laughs> you're right I am not built for live
2: you choked, uh, choked uh YouTube up? I I don't know choked up just with how this team is bonding I I wonder if like Kevin O'Connell's first thing was to be like, all right, offense over here, defense over here. See this guy. I want you to go and just have a conversation with him. Like, you know, I I mean, it seems kind of weird and I mean, I'm kind of half joking, but it's just like, yeah, I, I mean, everybody kind of mingles with everybody. You feel like this is a team rather than a whole bunch of pieces pulling opposite directions like it was last year. But I also would acknowledge that this is a team that has a lot to work on. Uh, you know, we're going to the bye week Tyler Forness tweeted out yesterday, a friend of the show, by the way, that the Vikings are on pace for more three and outs than they had last year, which is staggering considering they led the NFL on three and outs. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. they had 10 of them on Sunday, which is uh, great if you're Sean Spears, but not an NFL football team. Um, the players are still running the wrong routes. I'm looking at you, Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. although he's, getting his yardage. Like th- there's a lot of mistakes right now and nobody outside of Jefferson can seem to get involved. Adam Thielen has yeah. 284 yards and two touchdowns in six games. KJ Osborne, 19 catches 177 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Irv Smith jr. Jumped off the milk carton to uh, catch a touchdown yesterday, but he's been basically non-existent. Yeah. And there was another play where Kirk went to the line. They are going up tempo and he's calling a play and everybody looks at him like he's speaking Spanish or something like, yeah. I think the Vikings need to go into this bye week. And the first thing they need to do is simplify the offense so people can understand it. Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it's okay for people to need an adjustment period over the off season. Like when Adam Thielen saying my head is swimming in June, you go, okay, there's plenty of time to mm-hmm. figure it out when you're six games in it's time to figure it out mm-hmm. because right now this is not an efficient offense. This is an offense that, I, I almost don't want to use the L word. Like I, they are getting a little bit lucky with big plays, mm. but I mean, that's been the case of their offense. They just get a huge play here and a huge play there. And eventually it, it's like playing with fire. Eventually you're going to get burned like they did in Philadelphia because they had three and outs. Their defense got torched and yep. we saw what happened when Kirk Cousins had to play from behind in that game.
3: Yeah, I feel like their their offensive approach is kind of similar to their defensive approach where they're they're waiting f- like. So de- they're waiting for the defense to kind of just make a, like hit a breaking point where like they, they make a mistake. They have a, like yesterday and that big Justin Jefferson, uh, a long pass, they, the Dolphins had like their base defense on the field and, and the Vikings had three receivers sort of like, okay, here we go. We can, we can, you know, get Justin Jefferson on a wheel route, get him wide open. And they, they struck big. And I think that's kind of similar. That's where most of their success has come this year. Just, just feeding off of, the mistakes of the defense, which is a lot of, you know, good plays. The NFL do that, but I feel like that's kind of been their only success this year. And, and, uh, I think Kevin O'Connell talked before the season, like we're going to dictate, you know, our success, you know, it's not going to be the defense, you know, stopping us or whatever. We're going to be the ones to like make the plays and decide, you know, how much yards we gain, but it hasn't really been that way. It's been not the running game. Hasn't been that great. Uh, you know, screen game hasn't been that great the deep ball game hasn't really been that great like there's been a lot of good success of like the intermediate crossing routes uh which is basically just every team in the nfl this year it feels like every team is playing too deep safety and just letting all the underneath routes happen maybe they are um but yeah i think simplifying would be good i have enough tape i feel like they've had enough games where they can look back and be like, this is what we're good at. And we should f- try and focus on doing more of this and giving teams different looks, but we'll still do similar things. And I think by just exploiting some things that they're good at, uh, will help them in the long run, uh, for the future. But I'm still kind of curious what they're going to do about the running game because I-, I don't know about Delvin Cook yesterday. If he didn't have that big run, he would have had like less than 20 rushing yards. Yeah, I think he had,
2: uh, 10 carries for 24 yards before that carry.
3: Yeah. So, they gotta, and I've seen some people uh be like, "He he needs more opportunities." I'm like, "But he shouldn't." If if the You're Vikings are, break
2: him, if you give him yeah. more
3: opportunities, if, I if mean. the Vikings are passing well, then he should have plenty of opportunities to you know run around because they're gonna think that the Vikings are still gonna pass. I think the big difference is CJ Ham is not; he's really not involved in this offense. Like he, no. he had like he had like a season high snaps, whatever yesterday, or whatever, but. He was a big factor in Dalvin Cook's success with the Vikings, and I think him not being out there a lot has played a, a big part in Dalvin Cook kind of slowing down a little bit this year. It could be, you know, things could change, but I, I'm just, it's a little bit concerning because uh, the Vikings are playing uh, paying Dalvin Cook uh, a good amount of money. So,
2: yeah, I, I mean, he's got what is it? 13 million dollar cap hit next year. It's up there. It's a 14. Yeah, it's, 14. it's a lot for a running back. It's yeah. kind of like feeding a gremlin after midnight when you extend into a contract like that. <laughs> um, on the other side of the ball, the defense, there's a lot of questions there. But yeah. I, I have a good question to start off with because I think this is a very positive development. The pass rush, it showed yeah. up on Sunday and it showed up in a big way. Now, Uh, I believe there are some injuries along the offensive line for the Dolphins, so that helped him out a little bit. But, I mean, who cares? Zadarius Smith, 11 pressures and two sacks on the afternoon. Uh, Daniil Hunter, I talked about Irv Smith jumping off the milk carton. Uh, Daniil Hunter was like, you can do that? He jumped off, had (laughs) six pressures and a sack. Uh, Patrick Jones had two sacks. The sequel. The sequel. The sequel. Is that that his nickname? It should be. It definitely should be. I like it.
3: He's got the two. There, and so. the sequel i, I yeah. like it I might have to steal that um, <laughs> Patrick Patrick Jones is boring just Patrick Jones come on he's Patrick
2: Jones the second
3: yeah okay but
2: um <laughs> so let's ask you a point blank did they fix the pass rush on Sunday or uh were they just kind of lucky uh
3: I wouldn't say it's luck I think they have a good pass rush this year uh I think they took advantage of a very weak uh, Dolphins pass blocking unit. I just looked and the Dolphins rank dead last in pass blocking grade, uh, in the NFL by PFF. So the Vikings, I think they had around 32 pressures yesterday. That's a lot still, Jeez. no matter, no, no matter how, how, you know, how bad the team you're going against, like you're still going against the NFL offensive line. 32 pressures is a lot. Uh, Zadarius Smith, I think he had 11 uh, and two sacks. So they they did good, they did what they had to. I think part of that's. Happened when when Teddy got in there because we know that the Teddy Bridgewater will he likes to look down like I think Neil Hunter mentioned this after the game like Teddy likes to look downfield so he's going to hold the ball a little longer than maybe the Skyler Thompson would have. Mm-hmm. So they're going to get more shots to, to get after Teddy and they did. I think they sacked him five times. Um, so the pass rush regardless of who they're going against. It's it's a strength of theirs, but you can see. That if someone like Z'Darrius Smith or Daniel Hunter gets hurt, like, okay, Patrick Jones looked good yesterday, but can he do it again? I think he should get more playing time. He's looked good in his, his limited snaps this year. I'm not so sure about DJ Wanham. Like, he was out on Sunday, and I was like, okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Vikings are fine. if he doesn't, I've never really been impressed by DJ Wanham, but, um, you know, he's playing kind of good this year, so maybe he's doing better. But I think the pass rush is good. They were really good yesterday, but they should have been, so.
0: new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Washington DC
1: Wilson you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar how did
2: you do it I got a huge assist from Grammarly
1: You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled and your team will go home champions. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
2: Um, I will say this. I think they found depth yesterday by accident. Yeah. Cause I, I, you know, we kind of jump on Waderman a little bit. I think he's been playing. Okay. I mean, we need to mm-hmm. lower expectations for DJ Wanham because Andre Patterson came in like, this is yeah. the next, to Neil Hunter. And yeah. even he's probably like, uh, no, I'm not <laughs> like, I mean, I, I would love to be, but, uh, yeah. probably not. And I, I think he's been a fine rotational guy. I think Patrick Jones showed he can play. He can be yeah. a functional guy. Like that's the type of thing you didn't see under Mike Zimmer where a lot of the guys on the bench were on the bench permanently. And now you're seeing guys like Patrick Jones ready the when the opportunity strikes. I think it was last week we talked about guy, the different guy every game steps up and makes the big play. And we'll talk about that even a little bit more later. But I, I think they're starting to find guys that can get to the quarterback and it's really becoming beneficial. Um, if you don't mind, let's look at the back end of the defense, though. And I, I think that's been driving people mad. But I think it's what they are at this point. Like, and yeah. I talked about the lack of speed on this defense on the Homer horn. I might've even said it here, but you're running with four, six corners in Shannon Sullivan, Cameron Dantzler, uh, Patrick Peterson, probably a little bit over four or five. Now, like this is not a fast defense. And the best way to do that is to play back in coverage and keep the play in front of you. I was wondering about this myself. Like a couple of years ago, we were kind of upset with Zimmer because he said, my my offense is fourth in total yardage. And we're like, yeah, but you're 12th in points. Like this team right now is fourth in the NFL in l- yards allowed. Like it's pretty rough, but they're only 12th in points allowed. And, a, you know, it's kind of like effing around and finding out, right? That gap's eventually going to close at some point. But for right now, it, it's all, it's basically like, hey, if you're not giving up points, like screw it. Like do this, like if you're gonna bend but don't break. I mean, it it's sure as hell bending, but I mean, <laughs> I I mean, if that's your plan, it seems to be working.
3: Yeah, I just looked. I didn't. I don't even think I realized that Tyreek Hill had 177 yards receiving yesterday. Like, it yeah, didn't, it didn't feel like it, but he clearly, clearly, well, and clearly how much, did.
2: How, like even Waddle had like 110, and he got yeah. like 60 on his last catch before
3: yeah. he Poor got table. hurt or whatever. But. Oh yeah, uh, what Jordan Hicks pounded him in the ground. I I, I knew him the one was, thing Im- Jordan Hicks Im- did yesterday. Yeah, immediately hurt as soon as he hit the ground because he like strove him in the ground. Um, yeah, this is this is what they are. They don't they don't want to give up the big plays. They want to keep you in front of them. Uh, they want to you know they want they kind of want to get in the short field. They I feel like they they would rather have the defense. They feel more comfortable like inside their own thirty. Than they do, you know, the other team starting at their own twenty-five, or whatever, because there's there's less room for the offense to work, you know, it's, things are more restricted. They can't go deep down the field. Um, but I think this is what what they want. Yesterday was was kind of ideal in the fact that the pass rush did well. They didn't give up really any any really big plays, and if they did, they, uh, you know, ended them with a turnover. They got what two turnovers, three turnovers, yesterday. They yeah. rank, they rank. Uh, uh where is it? Uh, oh, fifth in the NFL right now in uh, turnovers. Fourth, they've forced ten already this year. Um, so I mean that's the game plan. Like, just don't let them get easy scores because the more you know, the the other teams are getting these chunk yards or whatever, like little by little by little. But these are these are also opportunities for the defense to get turnovers, like they're getting more chances to get these turnovers. Like there was a uh, play yesterday where Teddy was running towards the end zone and Zadarius Smith was like chasing him down. And I think um, Vilma was thinking about it. He spoke about it too. We're like, that was like a perfect opportunity for Zadarius Smith. to Just like slap the ball out of uh, Teddy's hand, but he didn't do that. He just tackled him. But like, they're just getting more opportunities to get the ball. I know it doesn't sound as good. We're used to Zimmer's defense, just stopping everyone three and outs all the time. But like, this is how it is. Like that's that's that doesn't happen really anymore. Like, and if it does, it doesn't happen with a brand new Vikings defense with a brand new defensive coordinator with new group of players. Like that happens. That happens with the Bills. And guess what? The Bills gave up more points yesterday than the Vikings. They're also playing two totally different teams. <laughs> uh, the yeah. Bills are playing the Chiefs uh, in Arrowhead. So that's much different. But but yeah, the Vikings gave up what sixteen points to to the Dolphins yesterday. Right. Yeah. Um, to me, like, and Teddy threw for over 300. Tyreek had over 170 yards receiving. Like, they had the numbers to put up, you know, more points, but the Vikings got the turnovers, and that was the difference in the end. And that's right now, that's what they need to do. There's other stuff they can fix, but right now, you know, they're doing what they're good at, which is forcing turnovers and getting to the quarterback. So,
2: I think. You know. You know, it gets back to that theme I was talking about a little bit, which is making the big play. Like, the interception by Harrison Smith before halftime, like, that that was kind of crazy. Might not have been an interception uh, as I was watching, but they ruled interception on the field. And I'm like, okay, that that never happens, but okay. Well, Eric Hendricks was telling everybody after the game that he definitely got his hands under it. And if you asked Drew Pearson if he pushed off in the 1970s, Five uh, divisional playoff. He's going to tell you the same. You know, I didn't. I think
3: it. I think off. it helps that they called an interception. If it was called incomplete, yes, that was key. then. Yeah, but they called it an interception. That that helps because because you there wasn't enough evidence to like sway it one, one way or the other. So basically whatever they called it, it was probably going to stand. Cause it just looks didn't. like
2: an interception to me when you look yeah. at it, uh, <laughs> the fumble recovery by Smith. That was another one. I think there was another fumble in the game. Like th- this reminds me of like the Chicago the Bears fumble, horseshoe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this reminds me of the Chicago Bears horseshoe years. We're like, yes. when I was growing up with like Erlacher and peanut Tillman and Briggs and all those guys, like, they would just have these pop-up years where, like, everything would go their way. Yep. Like, Hail Marys, double doinks, yep. last-second inter- interception returns, uh, quarterbacks making dumb plays, like, w- what's going on? Like, that's what this feels like. And mm-hmm. I guess if we're going to list a concern going into the second half, what happens when they play a better team? Because when they played Philadelphia, it didn't look good. Like, is Green Bay a good team? They In sure the still don't look like it right now.
3: No, no, no. In the first half, it didn't look good for the Eagles. The second half, they didn't score any points. Now yeah. is that because the Vikings played better defense, or is that because the Eagles were like, eh, "We don't really need to do a whole uh... lot." They're
2: done playing with their food.
3: Yeah, but yeah, and we forgot to mention the Patrick Peterson uh, interception too. That was the other turnover that they had yesterday. So they had three turnovers. Um, but yeah, um, when they play the Bills, I'm very curious. Like even when they even when they play the Cardinals when they come back. That's their first game, Uh, you know. The Cardinals—they're terrible right now. They're two and four. They could—they couldn't score any points on the Seahawks yesterday. The Seahawks have like not their defense is not good. They haven't been stopping anybody this year, but they couldn't score anything. But now they get DeAndre Hopkins back. They just traded for Robbie Anderson. Don't ask me why. Uh, It sounds. Why would you want
2: Robbie Anderson at this point after yesterday? After yesterday screw screwy yesterday go back a couple of days you posted the video and it looked like he his dog had died because they fired matt rule like, they're it's yeah. like what do you think he's like uh, like people are playing ping pong in the background and like oh yeah yeah, yeah. i i don't know <laughs> like that's a guy I, I don't want anywhere near my locker room right now like i said the
3: ping I'm pong thing team I said the ping pong thing because I was just making fun of everyone making a big deal about the Dolphins Oh, the dolphins? Uh, getting rid of yeah. theirs. So I'm like, you can tell they're not serious. They're playing ping pong. And everyone thought I, I was being serious, which I was not. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Ro- Robbie Anderson, like, of course, the Cardinals would trade for a wide receiver because that's just all they apparently seem to do. They're, they're you know, a they, dumpster fire right now. They just lost their left guard and they're like, let's trade for a receiver. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And it's, Call of
2: Duty comes out this week. So uh, things are about to get worse.
3: And they just signed Cliff and their GM to four year extensions before the season. They just signed Kyler through a big extension. Like, that's not, it's not looking good. Way over to there. go. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, they are a very good road team. Uh, I think that game against the Vikings is going to be a lot tougher than uh, Vikings fans realize. Right now, it looks like it's going to be easy. One thing we've noticed about anything related to the Vikings this year nothing is coming easy. All these games are one score games again. Has to do a lot with them having the same basically personnel, um, but they're they're getting wins in these games. But you know, I'm just I don't know. I'm curious to see how they play against the the Cardinals because they the Cardinals will have Hopkins back. Robbie Anderson can stretch the field. Zach uh, Hurts Zach Hertz Zach is a is a good weapon as well. You know, eight, even AJ Green he can maybe do some things. Hasn't really done much this year, but he can still get behind the defense. So. I'm curious. I think that's gonna be uh, interesting to watch. But then yeah, of course, when they play the Bills, that'll be be big to see if they can stop uh what's what's that guy's name? Uh he went to Maryland. Um yeah. Stefan Diggs. Oh yeah, he's playing the pretty A Terrible, good this horrible
2: year. human that must be stopped, right? <laughs>
3: <laughs> and Gabe Davis, too, apparently, who's you know he can do more than just score at Arrowhead, even though he, he scored uh yesterday. But yeah, a lot of big lot of big tests for the Vikings coming up, even I, I'm No, I'm not going to say the Giants. The Giants are are going to be a tough game now, but I'm not going to be like, let's worry about their receivers because I couldn't name you a receiver that's on the Giants right now. Okay, Wando Robinson, that, that's about it.
2: And he's like 5'6", 100, <laughs> soaking wet. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the Vikings because by definition right now, they are NFC contenders. They have a record of 5-1. and one. The NFC playoff picture looks like this, the Eagles – they're in first. They're the last undefeated team in the NFL right now. They are six and zero. The Vikings are in the second seed. They are at five and one. Uh the Bucks are three and three as a division leader. They have the three seed. The 49ers are three and three. They are the four seed. The Giants are the first wild card spot at five and one. The five seed the Cowboys are the sixth seed at four and two. And the Rams are three and three. And just because I want to mention it, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are three and three, probably because he's on drugs right now. Um, just hey, they're from a plant, though.
3: There. They're from a plant.
2: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He probably designed those crucial catch hats that they're wearing <laughs> no, on the
3: sidelines. They're from a plant that he got from outside of the U.S., so it's not illegal, okay? yeah. Just, uh, hey, hey,
2: man, like, we're just two lost souls living minimum full <laughs> year after year, man. Hey, but I'll try to do this shirt off my grad for some grilled cheese.
3: He I said, I think, cheese last night, but speaking of Rodgers, after that game, they lost the Jets where they got clobbered or whatever. Uh, he talked about after the game how they need to simplify everything, like, simplify everything for the receivers, for the tight ends, for the offensive line, for the running backs. Didn't name himself. Yeah. Uh, it's not his fault. <laughs> Great leadership. <laughs> Great, great, great. Um, hey, but, so what's it what's it gonna take for
2: you to be convinced that the Vikings aren't counterfeit pretenders, though? All right, pretenders, contenders,
3: geez. Um I mean look at the rest of the NFC. Who other than the Eagles, who
2: who is yeah. better than, who's I, I, than who, them? does anybody scare you? I mean, no. I I don't want to play Tom Brady in the playoffs, that's for damn sure. But no. I mean, outside of that
3: like sure, I, these teams are gonna get better as as the year goes along maybe they won't um but right now you look at some of the teams uh the packers just lost by 17 points to the jets jets are better we'll give i'll give them that the the niners who we thought were going to be better with with garoppolo just lost by 14 to the falcons mm-hmm. um the giants won they're 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 kind of in the vikings boat where it's like they're five and one but how are they five and one uh the bucks just lost to the steelers who had one win before yesterday uh the rams just they beat the Panthers by fourteen, but it was it was a struggle for the most part. And then the Eagles and and Cowboys. The Cowboys are a team that I think will will be better because Dak Prescott's coming back, and they've their their defense is really good uh, with Anthony Barr in there um, mm-hmm. and Jaron Curse. Um, but other than the let's see, the Eagles and 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 Cowboys, um, even the Cowboys, I'm not worried about the Cowboys with with Mike McCarthy as the coach come
2: on you mean patrick
3: no my, he, he
2: reminds me of patrick oh, from oh okay, okay okay
3: okay it's like no i got like, name right yeah um but yeah like people are like are, are the vikings like are they your legit contenders and i'm like look at the rest of the nfc who is besides the eagles like would it surprise you if any of the teams that are in contention right now miss the playoffs and then what it you would it surprise you if any of the teams that are like three and three or two and four made the playoffs because there's no real team that's dominant um and that's pretty clear like the afc there's the bills and the chiefs and i think the ravens will make the playoffs they've just been struggling a little bit but they've been struggling against good teams um but yeah like why would i not think the vikings are they're five and one like last time i started five and one they finished eight and eight yeah that this is not this is not the 2016 vikings with sam bradford and a demolished offensive line and people just dropping like flies for one the 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 health of this this vikings team is so much better than it has been in the last few years and i think that's a lot to do with their approach their new training staff and all that stuff so i think the vikings are in much better shape than they were the last time they were five and one so then they have to win what what five games maybe to get in the playoffs as a wild card yeah they shouldn't they should be going for the division which is possible but they need to win five games for five of their next 11 games. They need to win. They can do that. They can do that.
2: I have two possible outcomes that I've thought of, like two teams that this could remind me of. And 2016 isn't one of them. Uh, They could be like the 2019 team. Mm -hmm. And they started six and two. They made the playoffs, but they had their moments where you knew they weren't good enough to win a title, right? They lost to chase Daniel. They lost to Matt Moore. Uh, losing at home to the Packers on Monday night football. They needed a 21 point comeback to come back against a bad Denver team. And yep. sure enough, they beat the Saints, but then they lost the 49ers. And once the season ended, like big changes happened. Stephon Diggs was gone. Linville Joseph was gone. Xavier Rhodes was gone. Everson Griffin. They were all gone, right? I could see that happening with this team where, you know, maybe they get in the playoffs, maybe they even win their division, but they get bounced in the first round by, you know, one of the NFC East teams. And we're just kind of sitting there going like, what happened? I can also see this being like 2017. And that was a year where everything like the heavens parted for the Vikings to get to the Super Bowl. Right. I mm-hmm. didn't take advantage, but <laughs> it, things were going their way and they did not look good in the early part of the season. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's easy to remember like, They throttled the Saints, but then they went to Pittsburgh and they didn't look very good against the Steelers. They came home. They throttled Tampa Bay. And they lost the Yeah, they lost the Lions. That was the game Dalvin Cook tore his ACL. So So then you have Case Keenum stepping in and they just rattle off eight straight wins. It was that Chicago game. Sam Bradford tried to come back. His knee was like disintegrating into dust. Oh, yep. So they put Keenum in, yep. they win the Chicago game and, and they just rattle off eight straight wins. And like throughout that streak, there are just so many big moments. Like Anthony Barr stepped up for a couple of games. Like he crunched Aaron Rodgers collarbone and then he had a big game the following re- week against the Ravens. Anthony Harris stripping Cooper cup at the goal mm-hmm. line in mm-hmm. that game against the Rams. You had Xavier Rhodes shutting down Julio Jones when he was at his the height of his powers with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. It was just a different player stepping up every week, and we talked about this. And I think that when you look at the Viking schedule, it looks pretty tough, but there are a lot of tests, which if they keep getting wins and just finding a way to win, like that's going to inspire some confidence. Because you talked about Arizona and Washington. I, I am not afraid. I am not afraid of Kyler Murray. I think he's more obsessed with playing video games than he is playing quarterback. <laughs> and I, with Call of Duty coming out next weekend, I don't know. We'll we'll see what ha- I think doesn't uh they play on Thursday night this week, right?
3: Mm-hmm. They put The Saints.
2: Cardinals. So, I I'm not sure when Call of Duty actually comes out like the exact date, but um <laughs> I can't play it. I get I get sick. Like I feel like such a you, you know uh I feel like a weakling because I can't play it, but it's just like feel flipping like, around and everything else. And like you know, you feel like a, a like Troy Aikman. A,
3: com- you feel like a Troy Aikman comment?
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that.
3: Um, um, I, think Kyler, it, I think Kyler I oh, think gets a bad bad rep. Uh, I'll say this because he's good. He's really good.
2: He Is he, I'm have, not against him.
3: He doesn't have anyone to work with, and his coach is terrible. Um, yeah. So, like, if someone, if, like, let's say Mike McDaniel went to the Cardinals they would be so good. Like that's part yeah. of the reason I feel like the Dolphins offense was, has was good yesterday. Like people were like, Oh, that Skylar Thompson was pretty good. I'm like, he was good. Cause his coach was putting him in position to, to be good. And he's like, this is where the Vikings have holes, throw it there. Like not every coach does that, unfortunately, but like get Kyler a better coach, some actual weapons, some protection. And then tell me, you know, how, how bad or good he is. Cause, because I think he's he's good. He's still really young. Okay. Maybe he plays too much video games, whatever. That's that's good. But I, I I'm a I'm a fan of Kyler. I think he gets a bad rep because he's the quarterback. So like we put all the pressure on Kirk Cousins. He's gonna get the pressure too. Okay. So uh, But I'm not I'm not worried are... about them either. I'll say that. Yes, I'm, that I'm not worried about them. <laughs> there's still two
2: games they should win. That's the uh, point I'm trying to make here. But I mean, if you win those two games, go to Buffalo and don't embarrass yourself. Yeah. Like that should be a thing. And like Philly game is basically what not to do when you play the bills. Like if you win awesome. If you lose, just don't look like a train wreck. And then, you know, you have a couple of tests and they're all at home. You have a home game against Dallas. You have a home game against new England on Thanksgiving. You have a home game against the jets who look pretty good. You have a home game against the giants that look pretty good. And then you have two NFC North games at the end of the year on the road at green Bay and Chicago, and who knows if they'll matter because green Bay looks pretty rough and Chicago is just a dumpster fire. So if you win the games, you're supposed to yep. Arizona, Washington at Detroit, uh, Indianapolis and Chicago. I would say Indianapolis is a little tougher than I'm getting them credit, but I mean, I I'm just not sold on them. If you go three and two in those games that I mentioned and win the ones before you're a 13 win team, like that that's all you have to do. And it, like we kind of said at the top of the show, this is exciting. Like we haven't felt like an upside with this team because it's like, well, we hope we make the playoffs and get on a run and whatever. Like they could get the two seed, they could get a home playoff game, and they could, they. I mean, if they get the two seed and they win the first one, they get another home playoff. Go for the game. one. Go for the one. Yeah, the Eagles, I, I mean, absolutely. Like Eagles, it's within are reach. Not gonna, yeah,
3: Eagles are not going to be un- unbeaten. I'm sorry, they're not going to. They're going to have a slip up. They almost. Had one last night against the Cowboys, um, even though they were up by a lot. But I think the difference between Vikings of teams of years past and and this this team is like we're we're so used to like okay one of the Vikings is going to screw up. Why do they have to screw up? Why can't this this new regime, this new version of the team, just be like okay we're going to go in, we're the better team, we're going to win. Why mm-hmm. we're still stuck in that mentality of like okay here's where they're going to have the hiccup. Uh, I don't know about this team. They kind of have like a receiver who could be decent against them and like have his biggest game of the year against the Vikings. Like we got to stop that. Like the Vikings, they're good. All the teams that are on their schedule, they're looking at the Vikings like, oh, that's like that's one of our toughest games left on our schedule. So we have to have like we have to get in that mentality too. Like this this Vikings team is good and they're going to win a bunch more games this year, you know, barring serious injuries to other players. But, you know, they're good. And I think they're going to do well to get in the playoffs. I think they will get the the two c at the very least in the playoffs. Um, yeah. And you know, if they get the one, that would be great. But I think the two is probably the more realistic uh, scenario of the two. But they're they're good. They're a good team, and uh, and everyone around the NFL knows they are too. So I think we yeah. gotta we gotta start realizing that too, and not just be stuck in like, uh, when are they going to screw up? Uh, yeah. They're good. They,
2: they could very well
3: screw up, but I'll deal with it when it happens.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of it. Enjoy where we are at right now. Enjoy <laughs> yeah. the season. Enjoy As the months ride. Months. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's all the time we have for the Viking Age tonight. We do this every Monday and Thursday night at 6.15 p.m. Central Time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And like, comment, share, subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if we do, you we are not you are on spotify oh my i need to eat something uh we are on apple spotify and you can check us out on podcast form there i'm chris Shed. he's adam patrick and we'll talk to you on thursday night